Have your way today. Let's God. put them together like we, we believe what today, we just God. saw. Yeah. Uh, I think we can do a little better. I mean, he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We live and move and have our being by him. Your heart won't beat that one more time without him. Your lungs won't take in one more breath without him. The devil eats you for lunch, amen, if it weren't for his mercy and grace and power. The devil eats you up before the sun sets and day if it weren't for God that works on our behalf. None like him. We know no other. Even God don't even know of another God. The all-knowing God don't know of another God. Hey, hallelujah. Glad to know him by his name. Glad to know him by his spirit. I'm glad to know him by his word. It's written on the tables of heart. That we might not sin against him. Hallelujah. I'm glad I didn't walk in here nonchalant, half-hearted, dragging. Hey, hey, I come to worship my God. I come to give him some praise and honor and thanksgiving. Because he's been keeping me along the way. And good to us. God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to have everybody. House of the Lord this morning. Let our classes go back and appreciate our Sunday school department and Sunday school teachers. Man, we're praying for them. I hope you are. Your darlings, your babies, they got an hour. Compared to the rest of the time to try to impart this truth into their hearts and in their minds and into their spirit. Man, and we're watching a world, even our own nation, going down a way that's so demonical, that's so immoral, the moral of it, amen, what's driving these people, what would cause parents. I heard it this week in one of the Carolinas that they're raising up clinics that parents can take their two and three and four-year-old darlings that decided they want a sex change and through surgery rearrange and change their little bodies. Hey, I'm telling you, if you ain't been woke up, you better get awakening, honey. That spirit is running rapid and ain't nothing but the Holy Ghost and the truth of God that's going to keep that spirit out of our lives and not just out of our lives but out of our families. Hey, I got an obligation not just to myself but I got an obligation to my family. I got an obligation to my wife and to my babies. Hallelujah, my son and daughter and grand babies. I got an obligation to you and to your families and the families of this church and the children of this community. And then we want to drag? I don't think so, baby. If you can't get stirred up about this, I'm going to tell you something. Don't get excited over eating banana pudding. Don't get excited over eating ice cream. Don't get excited over your new dog. Don't get excited over your new automobile. You ain't got a right to get excited over nothing else. I can't get excited about God and, and His mercy in my life and His long suffering and His gentleness. And he could have thumped me off a long time ago and had the right to. <laughs> but He didn't do it. I'm talking about me now. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> He's been good to us. He's been long suffering. Hallelujah. I promise you, I don't deserve the blessings that. God's blessed us with and
poured out upon us. And both in the, in the material realms and also in the spiritual. Also physical. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you know, God's hand upon us and to help us in the world and the times that we're living To have a place that we can come that regardless of what we are diagnosed with, no matter how small or how severe it might be, we know a God that's not limited. One's really no different than the other. Man, as we pray by faith and faith alone in the, in the name of Jesus. And, but not just for the healing of the body, but we probably need a greater healing of the mind tonight or this morning. Then we do the body. Corrupt minds can cause us a whole lot more damage than corrupt bodies. And I know they kind of work hand in hand, but let me put it this way. Handicapped minds that allow the powers of demonical forces and lying tongues and doctrines of devils, especially when they got great talents and skills and abilities. A man to propagate and to uh, corral people and followers. And a man by the hundreds and thousands to follow in their footsteps. We, this is practiced in the New Testament. In the book of Acts, we see what Gamal mentions of a couple. A man, whenever he brings his argument against a man, those that wanted to take the disciples and throw them in, in the dungeon and throw them and beat them. And he said, hey, do you think you can stand against God? If it's of God, you, you think you can stop it? <laughs> Amen. And so, but there's so many out there now, but there were still those too that caused hundreds to lose their lives and fall to the wayside. I'm not interested in doing that this morning. I'm interested, amen, in, in leading people to truth and, and the power of it, to minister and to work, amen. I'm telling you, you hear me this morning? Hallelujah, God wants to work for us and move among us. Praise God. Amen. Sister Glenda Faye, would you like to speak some? I wasn't for sure, so I'm just making sure, okay. Lord, here this morning through that wonderful name of our Lord in Jesus Christ. You see the situation in Kobe's life this morning, in his body, in the sickness that has attacked him. But as we lift him up with earnestness and with sincerity in our hearts, our minds, and spirits this morning, lifting our voices unto none other but Jesus Christ, our Lord, our, our great shepherd, amen, the greatest physician there is, through and by your stripes healing God. And he would come rushing down to Kobe here this morning, through and by that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, help us God to tap into the riches. Help us, God, by faith. Amen. To lift up our voices and our hearts with earnestness and with sincerity, knowing it's your good pleasure, God, to raise up our babies and to heal them and to mend them and to do great things for them. And God, as we stand in the stead and lift him up before you with earnestness and not just Kobe, God, but others. Amen. In this service and around this community, God, we lift them up because we know it's your good pleasure and good will to heal and to mend and to breathe upon us and to talk 
touch us with your healing virtue and touch us with your healing powers and not just in the physical body but God in our minds and in our spiritual hearts help there to be awakening God in this Laodicean time God help there be awakening in our hearts awakening in our spirit help us God to activate the weapons and activate God the powers and the authorities that you put in the church amen to bring about the miracles and wonders and signs that gives you glory that gives you praise that stirs up our community that draws them to your temple and to your place of worship that they might be redeemed and reconciled and delivered I promise you Lord all the glory all the praise and all the honors lifted to you this morning through and by that wonderful name of Jesus let's put our hands together with thanksgiving this morning praise God praise God praise God praise God praise God amen we've been praying for him Actually, Brother Corey had texted me this morning and told me that he was sick and to be praying for him. They weren't going to make it this morning. So we've been praying that God would touch him. Amen. And ministering to him. You know, sickness today is a little different than what it used to be. So many different types of sickness and things of that nature. So let's don't ever take it lightly. I remember a time we didn't think nothing of getting a scratch. You know, getting a sore here. But today, with all the different types of infections and the outcome of them, it's a different ball game. It's a different, different stage. And we're watching a lot of things that, can I say this without being offensive? <laughs> a lot of things is, is, is the United States, and we took great leadership and roles, amen, from, from penicillin right on through coming up with remedies and vaccines and things to help to prevent these things from happening and taking place. But we're watching even here in the good old United States. Amen. The medical field and medicine is not as, as working as promptly and as well as it had at one time. I'm not, I'm not throwing anything at them by no means. I'm just telling you, I believe it's the hand of God. And I know some would bottle me about that and they have to get mad at me. Probably wouldn't even want to talk to me. But I'm telling you, God allows it. And God allows things for certain reasons. And, and you know what? The just and the unjust sometimes suffer the same. Amen. Let me say that again. That's the reason sometimes even as dads, when we allow things, amen, to come into our lives and we're going to pay a price for it, guess what? You don't pay that price by yourself. You got a spouse that's going to help you pay that price. You got children that's going to help you pay that price. That's right. Amen. That's, that's in the Bible. Amen. But that's in life. We see it time and time again. You know, this idea that some things where I'm just living to myself and dying to myself is absolutely wrong. Amen. That's not the truth. Amen. So every decision we make, every direction we take, living for God, serving God. Amen. And I'm glad we do it more than just on Sundays. We're excited about living for God on Mondays. Amen. Amen. Got a good lesson. God brings victory. Anybody interested in victory? Hallelujah. I'm interested in victory. Amen. I'm a sore loser. I sure you not ever get to play them old games too much. I wasn't any good at it, so I didn't cope with losing too much. So you know what? I just didn't play. You think of it what you want to. That's all right. Now, get me on a basketball court, it'd be different. I, I could handle a basketball. I couldn't handle them little cards and all that other little stuff. I couldn't handle that little old guy with that machine. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I can handle that shotgun, though, buddy. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I wanted to shoot it. Going to get that Ted Williams, man. Bow, bow. I, could, I could see it in my mind's eye rolling across that yard. Bow, jump, boy, jump. Bow, bow. Woo. 
Amen. We want victory. I want victory in my mind this morning. I want victory in my heart this morning. I want victory in my family. I want victory in this church. I want victory in this community. I want this world to know this thing is not done. It's not over with. Revival's not over with. I tell you, God's pouring out victory in somebody's life today. It's up to you and I whether we're going to receive it and obey and open our hearts unto it. Man, I tell you, God's, God's in the winning business. His train filled the house. That train represented victories. I hope he adds on in the, in the train this morning. How about you? Amen. God bless you. Joshua 4, 22 through 24. Joshua 4 chapters where this is coming through. And uh, what a, a powerful chapter. Man, talking about several characters and working together to help bring victory. And uh, I think it's a beautiful. Uh, there's a lot to learn from this particular chapter. And I believe one of the most important things to learn from this chapter is teamwork. Working to, together, everybody finding their place in the call of God, individually but yet collectively, and everybody willing to submit unto the others, even when they knew they weren't going to be the ones that's going to get the glory at the end. They didn't put their heels in the sand to try to prevent it so others wouldn't attain it. Because when it was all said and done, they all received glory and honor and the blessings and the favor of God. And that's what this is really all about. We're all trying to attain heaven. We're all trying to reach and find that place and that moment as we sung about this morning of that, this, this body putting on that new body. Amen. And meeting him in the air. And going to a place that we'll never be tempted Never face the toils of life again. Amen. What a beautiful. Never suffer pain and agony. Amen. Even after, watch this. We think getting, you know, 90 is something. What you're going to do when you're 190 and you still ain't feeling anything. Amen. What about the first thousand years and then 2,000 years? And uh, I'm telling you, it's, it's beyond our imaginations because we're so bound by time. And, and I understand that because of schedules and things of that nature. But there's coming a time, amen, to the disciples of Jesus Christ, the ones that submitted and yielded and heard the call of God and responded unto him, found their place in the kingdom or in the, as Paul put it, in the body itself. And it didn't matter. And he didn't let one member say to the other member, I have no need of you. Oh, no. We have need of one another if we're all going to accomplish and achieve, amen, this journey. We got to have one another. One can't make it without the other, amen. There's only certain members of your body that can be separate from your body and you make it, amen. There's certain members, I'm telling you, there's great, great measures are taken to, for you to survive. Uh, Bobby Ford was talking yesterday and talking about him that that doctor simply told Sister Leslie and him, said, here's what we're doing. We're just trying to keep him alive long enough, amen, that we can do this or do that. They told my brother basically the same thing. Said, we'll lose him on the operating table until God moves and somebody else moves and another procedure moves. Amen. Help us out for that heart to get stronger. He has no hope. There's nothing else we can do until that heart gets stronger. So now we're just going to buy some time. And through time and prayer and through what medical medicines we got, amen, to strengthen the heart. Sometimes that's the way God works. But you know what? He needs individuals like you and I. Amen. That's willing to be patient with them and willing to submit with them and say, you know what? I'm willing to do whatever it's going to take for them. Amen. To survive and then finish the journey because at the end of this thing we're going to win together together so you may look at some of these areas a little different than I do 
Oh, this is over with. <laughs> Praise God. Let's go to the focus verses. And behold, as Barak pursued Syria, Jael came out to meet him and said unto him, Come, and I will show thee the man whom thou seekest. And when he came into her tent, behold, Syria lay dead, and the nail was in his temples. I don't know if she ever drove a nail in her life, but buddy, she sunk that one. When God's for you, I don't know if she ever nailed on a shingle or nailed a two before or nailed any, any tent pegs until that day. I didn't say she hadn't. Bible don't let us know because it really don't matter. It doesn't matter if you have drove a million of them or if that's the first one you ever drawn. Amen. But when you drive it for Jesus, and you drive it in, 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 in regard to God and to the victory for God. And you know what? That's a pretty gross thing. A lot of people don't want, to, don't want to hear these kind of messages about this part. They don't want to see that view. They don't want to see blood. I wonder what they thought when they walked in that, in that tent that day. Amen. And there was old J.L. Amen. Or, 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 or Syria. Amen. Laying there with a tent peg from one end, from one side of his head, driven through the other one. Down and pegged down to the can you just imagine that trophy? <laughs> Make a sick on a Sunday morning, won't it? <laughs> Sometimes it takes a lot of courage to do what God wants you to do. When you've got to nail certain things down to attain certain victories. And so... <laughs> You know what? Deborah might have thought, I'm glad I'm not going to have her place. I'd rather sit under the palm tree and prophesy and give them good news and tell them what to do. Let them go do it. Now, we can't be lazy and do that. We can't expect others to do it when we're dragging our feet. We can't, have a, we can't expect to have a revivalist church if we never show up for prayer. Whenever time we get in church, we just kind of, you know, and I'm not saying that to nobody. I'm just saying, you know, no, we got to be involved. You got to be excited about it. So let's, let's watch this. So God subdued. Who did? God done this. So God subdued on that day, Jabin, the king of Cana. Before the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel prospered. And prevailed against Jabin and the king of the Canaan. Until they had destroyed Jabin's king of Cana. Every one of them. There was not one man left. Of this kingship. That took place and happened. Because God stepped in. Now judges cover some four, 450 years of. Can I put it this way of a roller coaster ride for the Israelites? It wasn't, it wasn't the one that had built the roller coaster that had the problem. It wasn't the designer and the, the captain of it, but it was the individuals that was in it, just something in us. And, and so we're going to talk about some of this this morning. 
Man, it's going to pay. It's really going to pay to get made up minds and hearts to I want to live for God. I want to live for God. And, and even with that, it doesn't mean we're going to do everything perfect, but we're going to be willing enough, willing enough to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get up. And not only am I going to get up, I'm going to show mercy and compassion to others. I'm going to do my best to put my arm around them and say, no, nah, come on, you, you, you can overcome this. You can defeat this. We're, we're in this together. Nobody's left behind. That's what, they, that's what they, they taught them in the military. Their very best, amen, they don't leave nobody behind, even dead. If there's any way possible, they're going to go back and get those bodies. No matter what it costs and how many lives it may cost, they're going to do it. Truth about God, God will bring victory even if he has to choose a new deliverer. A new deliverer. I'm, I'm not completely sold out to that part, but that's just me, okay? That's an area where we probably won't agree on. Okay. <laughs> You'll see. I will experience victory when I accept and follow God's call. When I accept and follow God's call. So as we begin to look into this lesson this morning and the, the power of it, God's call of Barak and, and we, we simply can only get that from an area where Deborah, man, called for him and makes the statement about what God had said. But before we go there, if you back up and if you'll watch some things, and we'll mention Judges 1 a little bit, uh, the third chapter. Uh, this is about the fourth time already where the Israelites had been delivered and set free. And uh, walk with God as long as that deliverer had lived. In fact, it starts off, talks about after the death of Samuel and the elders, the children of Israel lived for God as long as they were around. As long as they was around, amen, as elders to keep encouraging them. To be an example unto them. To not let the enemy persuade them. And, and for, for weakness and trials and battles to overcome them. They, they, they always was able to live for God. Now we see the importance of our elders and becoming an elder. Amen. It's not God's will for us to always just be on the pacifier, on the bottle. But God wants us to get in the meat of the word of God. Amen. God wants us to get in that place that we can walk in the spirit and become a man and a example unto the next generation unto those that's under us um, that we can we can pick them up encourage them and, and help them not not ju judge them or condemn them but a man to ease up beside them and say hey you know what I, I know where you're at. I, I, I've been there. I, I've got my mistakes. I've got my failures. But if you'll just listen to me, and we're going to pray together, and we're going to believe God together, we can overcome this. It's God's good will, amen, to redeem and reconcile and bring us through all the mistakes of life and heartaches of life. And you're going to watch some of this as it unfolds and begins to take place. The true mercy and grace of God's working with
with the Israelites here. And I thank God for it because you know what? It's this same mercy and grace that I'm able to stand here this morning. That you're able to be here and to be a part of this gathering here this morning. It's that same grace and mercy that's working on a daily basis in our lives. That we're not deceived. That we're not overcome by the, the luring powers of the world and lust itself. And, and, and overcome by the devil especially in the generation that we're living in. Especially by all the different denominations and doctrines and things of that nature that comes across our lands. Especially in the time of technology that now amen by the punch of a button you can research anything and expose yourself to anything. And a lot of the exposure is not good but bad. And it's always bundling against what God said and what the word of God said. And everybody's got their opinions and everybody's got their ideas and their translations and interpretations of it. And so you know what? To be saved in the world that we're in today is going to mean something. To get out of this world, amen, without being polluted. Amen, without being contaminated. Amen, we're living a life that's pleasing and upright and unto God because we're living in a world that has accepted so much in the religious ranks. Amen, it put them in pulpits and Sunday school rooms and lifted them up and, and, it, and we've lifted them up in high places and we put them in places they ain't got no business because there are some places that's higher than the White House. There's some places higher than the President of the United States of America. Your spiritual leaders more important than who's running the White House. Your spiritual leaders more important than your senator and your representative and your governor and your lieutenant governor. And so, when you begin to try to take all this in, and thank God, God knew how to raise up and to work through humanity and vessels to bring about. And so God's calling, watching. He says it's individualized in a way it is. But let me, let me throw this in. You're going to hear this again possibly Wednesday night when we go into the writings of Corinthians and those gifts. The gifts is never to edify the person. Never. The gift's been given to the individual to edify the body, to serve the body, to speak and to instruct and help the body. Praise God. Some have heard God speak in dreams, others through visions. We know, we, we, see, we see some great episodes, especially even in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. How the different ones was moved upon by God in his calling. Abraham, amen, hearing a voice and coming out of the earth of the Chaldeans. We read about Moses and the burning bush on the backside of a desert. Amen. And how the angel, the voice of God speaks and gives him instructions. You can go to Ezekiel and through the visions that was given to him and call. You can go, amen, to even Jeremiah. Jeremiah was spoken to before. And God told him, he said, why you was, before you was ever in the belly. Amen. Before you ever come out before the, the womb. He said, I chose you. I called you. I knew you. Amen. And so when you really began to, and the scripture in New Testament talk about many are called, but few, amen, few. So there's many called. And so to hear that call, to hear that voice of God, to hear those instructions of what God wants you and I to do. 
Amen. And it may be an individual call. But it's always for the kingdom. And it's always for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. It's never for the individual. It's always an individual call. But never for just the individual. It's always going to be when he leads and guides us to help. Who knows who you may win. I know I've told this probably a number of times. But, but I won't never forget the, the story that a minister said about Brother J.T. Pugh. He said there were several evangelists standing around talking. They was talking about how many they had won in revivals. And some had got five and ten and even fifteen and twenty. Received the Holy Ghost and finally got around to one of the evangelists there. And he kind of, you know, just, you know, not quite as excited as they were about. Amen. And he told them, he said, well, we had one. We had one in our revival. Well, come to find out it was a J.T. Pugh. Amen. And so we didn't know the name of those others, and I'm not down on them. I'm just simply telling you sometime that one, hallelujah, can make all the difference in the world when it comes to the kingdom and the body of Christ. And if anybody knows about, amen, you know who I'm talking about when I say that. He's dead and gone now. But, <clears throat> but he's one of the ones, amen, so one of the pioneers. He's one of the ones, amen, that they took and run him into a brick wall, left blood and hair on the side of that wall for preaching this gospel. He's one of the ones that took the eggs, the rotten eggs, and things thrown at him and threatened and all these other things. So they give you a little idea. But he didn't give up and he didn't throw in the towel. He just kept on preaching. Amen. Kept on believing in God, preaching tent meetings and things of that nature. And even though when they want to burn the tents down and bring old log trucks up and paperwood trucks and take the mufflers off and try to drown them out. And <laughs> they didn't stop them, though. They watched many of them that done that, amen, wind up in the altars, coming crawling down that old dust, that old sawdust aisles and finding God, amen. And so so we, we understand to, to have the idea of the opinion that it's going to be without battle is not true. Let's listen. We sung about it. It was in the song this morning, toils, toils of life, amen. And you know what? Some toys are going to come our way because we have chosen to live this life. We have chose a man to, to take on his name and his spirit and the gospel. Amen. And, and, and I, I realize sometimes we have a mentality, amen, especially if you listen to the nominal world, that that sets us free and we ought not have problems and we ought to be on cloud nine all the time and all this other. But that's not true. In fact, Paul's writing says, let us know that we're soldiers. <laughs> Ephesians 6 lets us know to put on the whole armor of God. Why? Because you're in a warfare. You're in a battle. And there's certain weaponry that you and I need to put on. Amen. And cover ourselves on a daily basis because we just became, amen, the bullseye of the devil himself. And all of his imps. And, amen, to take out and overcome and to, to destroy us. And, and so it's especially whatever we have made up in our minds and hearts and spirit, I'm going to be a soul winner. Anybody been praying about that lately? Amen. I want to be a soul winner, God. If you're not, I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to encourage you and I'm trying to do it with a good spirit. But shame on us whenever we don't have a desire to win souls. Amen. That every time we, no matter if we're at home or where we're at, that our, our minds and our hearts and spirits be, God, if there's somebody I can call or somebody I can visit, God, if there's somehow, some way, God, I want to get in the program. I want to get in the business. Amen. I'm seeing souls born. I want to get in the business. I'm seeing people. I ain't got to see them just myself, but God, if I, if I can do a little watering, if I can do a little planting, amen, if I can just say a few words and be a part of it, amen, that's what I want to be because that's what's going to bring revival. That's what's going to bring souls into this place. That's what's going to stir them up and let them know somebody's reaching out to them. Somebody cares about them. It's not too many just going to blunder in. I 
I mean, they're just not going to do it. You and I got to go out. Highways, the byways, our workplaces. That's one of the best fields. Don't complain about the field. You chose the career. You're getting paid good money to do it. Well, y'all looking at me like I stepped on something there. I shouldn't have stepped on. <laughs> you even ask about the benefits. God, what benefits has I got? How many souls can I win when I take this job? Man, I, I've done kick something up here I hadn't even thought of. <laughs> God, you sure this is the field you want me to work in? Have I got the right equipment? There's nothing wrong with that. Ask God. Or just make sure, God. Because I know you promised me you'd equip me. You promised me you wouldn't forsake me and leave me. But I got to be obedient unto you. The lack of obedience is what kept them in so much trouble in the book of Judges. So as you watch some of this begin to unfold and what begins to take place and, and even after the calling of the visions. And, but here, and he, he writes about it through the prophecy of, of Deborah, how that the call goes out, a man, to, to, to Barak. And so as, as he, we watch this, but, but watch the first verse. Children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. Now, this has done happen. He done raised up about three already by this point. This is going to be the fourth time that God's going to move. I want you to watch something, though. Leviticus, because they didn't go into this blind. So I'm trying to lay something here. I see this happening to us today. And what I mean, the time that we're living, the hour we're living. I'm watching this in the apostolic, the Pentecostal church. Okay? I'm watching this. God warned them. God instructed them. God tried to prepare them before this moment in time ever came in their lives. When you go to Leviticus 26 and 23. And if we will not be reformed by me, by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then, then, will I also walk contrary unto you. And will punish you yet seven times for your sins. Think about it. What did Cain tell God? He didn't like the punishment that he received. How often we find ourselves, if we're not careful, not thinking about that when we become disobedient to the voice of God. I'm talking in general here. And we're just going to do it our way and we're going to be stiff-necked or rebellious. And it doesn't matter what the preacher says. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. Amen. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's better, you know, uh, I ain't, I'm going to say that because somebody take that wrong. And I, you know, uh, but the Bible says this, he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him is sin. Huh. I'm feeling too many ways. I'm a, I'm a. Then, then, will I also walk contrary to you and will punish you seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword upon you. 
and shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant and, and, and the cause of the dispute. This, this is how he, God's telling him, hey, this is how I'm going to deal with you. This is how I'm going to respond if you're disobedient, if you don't keep my commandments, if you don't, you don't keep the part of the covenant. And, and when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send pestilence among you. And ye shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. Listen, watch some of that. You can go to Judges 2 and 11. I want you to watch something that begins to unfold here. In Judges 2 and 11. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. Catch that. They served Balaam. That's by itself. They just served Balaam. Watch the next time. Go to Judges 2 and 19. And it came to pass when the judge was dead. And they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers. And fought, watch them, corrupted themselves more than their fathers. Following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings, not from their stubborn ways. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, because that this people have transgressed my covenant which I commanded their fathers, and have not hearkened unto my voice. I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. I'm going to stop. I'm going to quit driving them out. Your disobedience. Can I say this? Could this be the reason that we don't drive out in the apostolic church today some spirits? They we ought to be driving out is because there is some disobedience and some things that disqualify us. And God cannot honor the request and the repair or give us the authority and the power. I'm just going to touch some things here, okay? Not judging nobody. Please don't take it that way. I'm just telling you where we're at. It's here. Let's, let's observe. Watch this. It doesn't stop there. Judge 3 and 7. I'm going to jump ahead in this, but watch this a little bit. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Forgot the Lord, their God. And watch this one. And they served Baal. And what? What increased? What went? We was us just serving Baal. Now we go into the groves. Now we go into the high places. They're willing to make the same sacrifice to climb up the mountain to get them high to worship and bow down to gods and false gods. But they don't want to take the time. Oh, I come into Jerusalem. I come to, it's too hard to come to church. Right, that, that costs too much. That's going to cost me too much gas money. But I don't have no problem going to ball games. I don't have no problem to go hunting the fishing or doing everything else. I'm telling you, we better wake up in America. <laughs> we justify a lot of that. And I'm just talking general here. I'm not. Okay. I'm just telling you where we're at. I'll tell you where we're at spiritually. We'll make all kinds of sacrifices, do all kinds of things. It's based off of dollar bills in it or a pleasure that we like. We can get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and be there at daylight. We can't be at the house of God by 10. I'm just laying something out there, y'all. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> This is what they were doing. They had to make just as much physical uh, uh, effort to worship Baal and bow down to the. <laughs> Look around sometimes at, at uh, 
Well, I want to say this, but I don't be kind saying it. You know, this is just my opinion. I've never been on it. I've never done it. But just, but you know, anybody ought to look around and say, you know what? I done seen what certain drugs do. I am not going to fool with that. I may do something worse. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but. But the results I'm seeing happening, I'm not going to do that. I'm not getting caught up in that. I'm going to draw the line there. Are, are you seeing what I'm saying? And, um, but this is where they was at. This is where Israel was at. And it increases. So the wickedness, evilness, sin. If, if we could have killed some giants back in the 50s. If we'd have killed Hollywood in the 40s and 50s, we wouldn't be dealing with transgenders. Now, I don't believe taking the method that some other countries take. They just believe shooting them, and, you know. No, there's a soul in each one of them vessels. There's a soul. What I want to see, delivered, filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's go to heaven together. You can't just throw everybody in jail and solve all your problems. But if we can get them to the house of God, if we can get them in the presence of God, if, they can, if we can get them to that place where, hey, you got to, but when we get them here, we also got to, everybody's got to understand, hey, you just become a soldier now. That doesn't mean life is just going to, you know, that your tires are never going to wear out, that you don't have to worry about paying your bills. And... No, we become more obligated. As a Christian. So anyway, that's, that's whatever it's worth. <laughs> so he, the Lord, you know, said unto them and said, Sold them. What's the second verse in that chapter? Judges 4. What's the second? Who sold them? Well, I hope the Lord never has to sell me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The Lord sold them. In Judges 4 and 2. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin the king. I'm going to tell you something. The devil can never outpower you. Outmaneuver you. He is really no match. As long as you and I can keep an obedient ear. And to the Spirit of God and the voice of God, and keep this old man mortified and under subjection. Submitting ourselves first to God. The Bible's taught us all you've got to do is resist Him, and He's got to flee. I know we put a lot of credit on the devil, give him a lot of credit. I personally believe we we'll give him too much. My personal opinion, and this is just mine. And Brother Ford said this morning, but, but my biggest problem is me. I mean, I brush his teeth, comb his hair. Huh. I clothe him. That's, you know, keeping this old man. The right thoughts. Making sure that we're using what technology we're going to use and use it without being lured are so caught up in it that, that this is all. No, I handled that. 
how much time I'm going to spend on it. What, what places I'm going to go. Where I'm going to choose to get information. You know, if I was on Facebook, there's some people's Facebooks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't befriend some, period. I'm going to say this. If I knew of a gossiper in the church, Sister Tammy, and I was on Facebook and they was on Facebook, I wouldn't befriend them. You're asking for trouble. You're entertaining that spirit. And first news you know, you keep reading their garbage. Did you know uh, uh, the, the wrong, if you get involved in the wrong conversation long enough, that it will pollute you? That you'll start using terms that, that you didn't use? We have to, we have to correct Annalyn. She's heard some terms. I tell quick, we don't talk like that here. We don't use them words here. I said, and them, it's using them because they don't know how to talk. It's the reason they're talking like that. Can't use better words. Got to use, look, nah. And I'm talking about even slain words. We don't want to be sold, so, so we got to watch all this. But i, I got to hurry. So let's, let's get into the meat of this lesson. Let's, let's get to the place as, as I'm going to go through. But so we're going to come. We're going to be introduced. And why? Israel cried out again. Thank God. Well, I'm glad we can cry out, don't you? God hears our cry. Don't you ever be ashamed crying out to God. Man, I don't care if it's in public or wherever it's at. If you, you need to, you do it. Amen. You cry out. God's... Basically, when you're sincere and honest, I mean, hey, I want help, God. I want deliverance. God, help me. Uh, you know, and, and stay with it. Just because it don't come maybe in this fullness at that moment, you just stay with it. Blind Bartimaeus didn't get him to stop with the first cry. Thy son of David, have mercy on me. I'm not sure how often he cried. He had to deal with the naysayers around him trying to get him to be quiet. But he wouldn't do it. Neither should you and I. Neither do the Israelites. They cry out. Let's cry out. Lift our voices. But Deborah. Deborah was a prophetess. A man. And she became well known. Sitting in this, this geographical location. The northern part. And uh, that some of it was going on now in the southern part. And so here she is. She's going to be uh, used as a judge. And so... Apparently pretty successful. Not just this one encounter that we're reading about. But through this period of time, she was, they was coming to her. And so watch this. Notice it makes mention about the tree, the palm tree. She sits under. That's kind of like you getting in the city and, and building a church or a building. Like we got a building. We started passing out cards. I'm really not sure how it went. But my granddaughter kept on and said, no, they don't know where it's at. I'm inviting them. They don't know where it's at. They got to know. So she took, I let her take three or four cards to school. She said, so they could see. I said, well, <laughs> I said, we'll try this one time. We'll see what the outcome is. And 
Because I don't know how the teachers and everybody else is going to respond to it, but uh, I want them to come. And they don't know where it's at. She said, we, she, they think we're the church up the road. <laughs> she wanted to make sure that that wasn't our church. This is where our church is at. And this is the place I'm inviting you. And so that palm tree, now watch this. I done read to you, they was willing to climb the mountains and go to certain places to worship bells and go to the groves. Groves was nothing but trees and places that were to worship their gods and offer. So, so here Deborah is under a palm tree. A, a, a tree that signified, that represented, amen, what kind of help you can get. I tell people sometimes when they fail two or three times in, in their fishing career of getting a spouse, I change ponds. <laughs> I mean, if you keep fishing out of the same pond, what do you expect you're going to get? If you want a shark, you've got to get out of Black Creek. If you want a tabby, you've got to get out of the ocean. If you want a God-fearing God husband or wife, come to the house of God. Don't go to bar rooms or casinos. And I'm going to convert him. Yeah. You need converted first. Peter couldn't convert nobody until he became converted. And neither can we. <laughs> and you ain't, well, okay, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but you know. You go to them places, you're not converted. Okay? So, uh, it's, it's, so we know they had a place, and that's her position. And so, here as it moves from that, Deborah, prophetess, and so she dwelt among the, among, uh, under the palm tree, and Deborah between Rapha and Bethel, in Mount Ephraim, and the children of Israel came unto her for judgment. And she sent and called Barak, the son of Abinadam, out of the Kadesh, whatever, and said unto him, Have not the Lord God of Israel commanded, saying, Go and draw toward Mount Tabor, and take with thee ten thousand men of the children of Naphtali, and of the children of Zebulun, and I will draw thee unto the river of Kadesh, Kashan, Syria, and the captains of Jabin's army, and with his chariots and multitudes, and I will deliver him into thy hand. Now, this is where we get that because she makes this statement that God had commanded. And we take that as though God already commanded him. And he failed to respond. If we're not careful, I think we're pulling for something that may not be there. Oh, you don't have to agree. I've been wrong before. But I, don't, I may not be here. God had commanded all of them. If you go back, let me ask you something. How many of you know this is the commandment of God for us to be set free and delivered and live God and holy and all this other? And I don't have to have a prophet to tell me this. To live a victorious life, to live a godly life. and to It was never God's intent for them to be in bondage. But I'm going somewhere with this. Now, why would you even think that? Have you ever read the book of the Hall of Faith? Whose name do they put in there? Deborah's? J.L.? A Bayrat? Put Bayrat. Because the writer said he didn't have time to tell them about Gideon and Bayrat. 
Time failed me. But his name's written and mentioned in the hall of faith. I'm, I'm going somewhere. Watch this. I believe, I believe Barak showed greater faith and confidence in the system where you and I will buck against it. Because, it's because we didn't see the smoke. Because a fire didn't come out of the one we think it ought to come out of. And especially when she tagged that last little sticker on it. Barak, you're not going to get the glory. A woman's going to get it. Now possibly Barak thought Deborah was going to get it. Because scripturally, we don't know if she informed him or not. Maybe she didn't even know her by name. She just knew, hey, a woman's going to, the final victory of this thing, a woman's going to get it. Now you got to understand the culture of that hour and that day. Women was looked upon as just a piece of furniture. They, they was, you American people ought to be thankful. You American ladies need to be thankful for America and the liberty you got. Just don't use your liberty to, that's the same way with us with the Holy Ghost. Paul talks about it. We're going to talk about that Wednesday night a little bit too. Because sometimes us knowing truth, we can get a little arrogant with it and, and use it and jeopardize our brother and sister because we got a revelation and we're strong in this area where someone else may not be. And we don't want to show compassion and mercy and, and help. So, <laughs> as it really begins to unfold here and begin to take place and she sent and called and and that's why I read all that and so promising were the river now watch this don't think Barak didn't have some influence how many people did he how many men did he pull together ten thousand I don't think he's much of a sissy or a wimp or not to have much influence to be able to pull 10,000 men together out of two different tribes. I, I sometimes just get the feeling sometimes we get a little wrong idea about Barak about some of this. I believe he found his place in the team. And what God was going to do. Because God always does things to make sure he gets the glory. And that's the reason he's choosing these vessels and using these vessels in that setting and timing. Because God's the one. Because I didn't read it to you, but, but God gave the victory. Now you and I is the one that are vessels that he's going to use through. And you and I is the one that's got to face the enemy. And so, sure enough. And so, Barak tells Deborah, said, you go with me? She didn't even hesitate. She said, yeah, I'll go with you. She didn't tell him, no, you didn't listen to God. You're so wimping. No, I ain't about to. You're in a man of faith. Uh, if you get so and so, if you get this and get this, and then I. She doesn't even hesitate. Now, here, here, you know why I believe he wanted her to go? And, and I know my time's going to run out here, so I'm just. Because it's her voice that tells the location. Now, watch this. Barak could have been very nervous about this situation because the king there and the general then had them bound in bondage for 20 years. That's not all. He had 900 chariots of iron. That may not be a big deal, but go back to the first chapter of Judges. 
you start reading where God gave him deliverance. Then all of a sudden you come to Judah. And Judah and them was able to get victory in the mountain. But not in the valley. Because of chariots. They were not able to drive the enemy out. And so Barak knew from past history. That Israel as a nation had failed. Because of the power and the authority that the irons of chariot, a man, gave to the enemy. But he didn't hesitate. He says, Deborah, it's your word. You prophesied. You've been a judge. God's been using you. I'm going to take you at your word. If you'll go with me, because it's at your word, I'm going to know where to go and when to respond. Now watch him. She tells said it's going to be at a certain river. You're going to have to go up in this geographical location. Because of this geographical location, their church is not going to be as effective. Their weapons are not going to be as effective. And the Bible promised every weapon formed against us shall not prosper. Regardless of what the weapon. Didn't say that they weren't going to be formed. Didn't say that we weren't even going to face them. It just simply tells us they're not going to they're not going to be able to accomplish or achieve. That includes technology. When you and I get it made up in our minds and hearts and spirit, I'm not going to let technologically pollute my mind and pollute my heart and my spirit. I'm not going to keep up with all the news, especially if it starts polluting my mind and my way of thinking and dealing with life and the way around me. I'm not going to do that. Amen. I'm going to stay with what the Bible says and I'm going to listen to God and the voice of God. And God's going to get us out of here. And I'm going to be a testimony and witness to everybody else when they're in their glooms and their CDs and their monies and their governors and then governments and the political parties is failing them. No, there is a God. There is one, amen, that's going to get us out of this mess. And we can find that palm tree. We can find that house of God. We can go to that place. I see them people pull up there. Man, they seem to be striving pretty good. They seem to be coming out pretty well. They seem to be on top of this thing instead of everything on top of them. So no doubt Sparak obeys. And so we know how the, how the battle starts. And, and, and watch this. I'm not, I'm not giving the scriptures, but, but, but she tells him the very day. Today is the day. They arranged, got themselves in position, place. I don't know if they was there a day, two days, four days. But all of a sudden, Deborah tells him, today is the day that the Lord's going to deliver them into your hands. And so when the battle started, amen, and they began to lose the battle. The Bible talks about how that Syria, amen, the captain of hosts, as he watched it begin to confusion in the battle. And, and now they're fleeing their, their chariots. And, and so he flees his chariot. And this is where he makes his way, amen, into the tent of J.L. Watch this. There's connection between her and Moses. She's out of Moses' father-in-law's family. It's mentioned in this chapter. It's also mentioned in the first chapter of Judges that she's connected to the father-in-law of Moses. Boy, it's amazing how that in that chapter that he severed himself from, from that group and joined up with Judah 
and went out into the wilderness. God done set plans and things in motion in the first chapter of Judges for this battle that took several years later to ever expire. Sometimes we may question, just why was I born here and just why, what am I doing? What's all this? But I'm telling you, if God's, if God's the sovereign God, he is, and he is. And if we'll just humble and submit and obey him. It doesn't matter about the toils and the heartaches, the size of the battle, and who we're battling against. God can maneuver. God's done got things set in motion way before that time. That he was going to be at that tent. Because, you see, man, he became friends with J.L.'s husband. He trusted her. Syria, the captain, trusted. So as he's fleeing, she, listen to what the Bible said. She comes out to him. I just wonder how she knew to come out that she, she knew he was fleeing. How did she know all of a sudden he was running through the camp and needed a hiding place? God knows how to work. God knows how to speak. God knows how to raise up a deliverer. So now we're seeing this, all three characters, and all of it's working together now. The puzzle's coming together. <laughs> and she invites him into the tent. I got a place, and sure enough, and he's weary, and man, he's thirsty, and he asks for drink, and asks for water, but, but she gives him milk. And then she takes and covers him up, and Tells, and she, he tells her, stand at the door. And you tell anybody, come, say, no. Say, no man's here. She's, she's standing at the door. But she's waiting on to go out and meet another one. <laughs> Barak's coming now. After, after pursuing the chariots, after pursuing a man, all of the enemy, and destroying every single man, he comes back. And now he's looking for the captain. And he's tracing him down. I don't, he probably didn't have bloodhounds or something. But, <laughs> but he's, he's tracing. He's, he's, he's trying to find him. And so here comes J.L. again. He said, come, I'll show you. I'll show you who you're looking for. I'll show you who you're looking for. And as we done talked about, took him into that tent. And there he was. Boy, what, what a picture. What a way to leave this life. At the hands of a woman. She took that. She took that tent nail. And put it. Laid it to that temple. After she gave him. And knew that he. The Bible said she just slips back in. I don't know how many times she hit it. Maybe one. I don't know. I know one thing. She drove it to the ground. All the way through his head. Into the ground. That's pretty gross. That's, that's pretty. That's better than a 30 out six. That's pretty, pretty sure. She didn't have to call. Brother Brandon, she didn't have to call, y'all. She knew she had him. You know, there was no doubt. 
Anybody? <laughs> What's your job? Anybody? Well, we can live and we can do what we want to. But I'm telling you what, he represented the devil. He was against the Israelites. And he had brought, he had brought them for 20 years. He was over, overwhelming. Now watch this. This happens time and time again in the Bible. With Babylon and the type of captivity of Babylon. Amen. When God would raise them up and use them. Amen. To correct and use them as a sword and a correcting rod. And they'd always go beyond that. And God would bring correction to them. You know what? There's great comfort in that if we're really paying attention. When we're done wrong, vengeance is God. Just leave it alone. God will take care of it. It's His. If you're His darling, you're listening to His voice, and you're walking in the Holy Ghost. Hey, if you suffer things at the hands of the enemy, watch this. The New Testament taught, our disciples gave us the example of rejoicing. They counted it an honor to be beaten for the gospel's sake. Thrown into dungeons. Mistreated. High fed at times. Cast out of the synagogues. Cast out of cities. Denied by families. They rejoiced over it. They would actually dance and shout over it. That they was, they was honored to be persecuted for his namesake. Praise God. Lord bless you. You can stand. I hope something has been said here today. And, and I had some other scriptures. Maybe I should have took a little more time and... Uh, Especially when you get to the area God's call in Romans eleven twenty nine talks about for the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. They're irrevocable. But you got to read that whole chapter to really get the understanding of that. Because he's talking about the olive branch. He's talking about us as the wild olive branch. He talks about the tame olive branch being cut off or broken. Because of their disobedience and their unbelief. And you and I as a wild olive branches engrafted in. And warned us not to boast about that. Not to brag. <laughs> because there's coming a day when that, that tame olive branch is going to be reconnected. And how that, that 15th and 16th verse talks about when that transpires. A, a revival. Whenever, whenever Israel and all of Israel saved. and They, they, they relate that to a revival for the Israelites. And. He talks about us. Amen. That we should never boast and brag because, hey, we're nothing. The calling, the election, it's upon our lives. The gifts, the talents that God's blessed us with. Let's use them for the kingdom of God. Careers, directions that we choose in life. Let's don't let money always be the deciding factor. And things of that nature are, are, are things that would be pleasing to us as an individual. But let's also include in there, God, is this where you want me to be? Is this the field you want me in? I want to be a part of the team. I, I, can't, I can't make it by myself. You know, you can't make it. None of us can. But I want to, I want to be like Barak. I want to be like Deborah. You know, Deborah, go, go to the next chapter, the fifth chapter. Read about the song that 
Barak and Deborah that's written and sung. And everybody's included and brought out. And she brings out in that song those that joined, others that joined in in this battle and responded unto it. But she also, to shame those that failed to respond. So everybody didn't. But others, a man, joined in. What about the 10,000? They knew what they was going against. They knew that there was an, a military force there that was, that was multiple of them with those 900 chariots of iron. But everybody had to walk by faith. Everybody had to believe, hey, God's going to give it to us. God's going to bless us. We're going to watch the hand of God in this. And man, and, and, and you know, maybe Barak told some of his captains, some of them, hey, boys, don't get your hopes up too high. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting that general, man. I'm getting that serious. Man, he, he, he persecuted this and he persecuted that one. Man, I, I seen him, man. He whipped my daddy one day. I'm going to get him. I'm gonna, boys, I'm telling you, don't get your hopes up. I'm telling you. Deborah does say a woman's going to get him. A woman? What do you mean a woman's going to get him? I'm just telling you. But they kept on coming, didn't they? They didn't throw in the sword. They didn't get mad. And, come on, I'm talking to us this morning. Too many times we're living in a world that's too offensive over stuff that we ain't got no business being offended over. Just because we didn't get our color or because we didn't get this and that, you know. I don't, I'm not going to get in the program. I'm not going to get involved. We're either involved or we're not. And it not matter what age you're saying. No, that don't matter. Okay? Love you. Appreciate you this morning. Let me remind you of something. Mother's Day next Sunday. One service. Also, let's don't forget, especially the husbands <laughs> doing something for these mothers. Uh, don't forget about the candy. A dollar. So, today's the day. Today's the day. We've got to make the order. So, if you're planning on doing it, please get with Brother Josh or Sister Madison this morning and let them know. Because they need to know. Got the order by tomorrow. Okay? All right. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Brother Ford will be preaching for us tonight.